0: Button Hockey Podcast episode 65 is underway. No time to waste. We're jumping right in, right into game seven, Pittsburgh and the Rangers. That had to be the best of the first round series for a lot of different reasons. In my mind, even without Crosby and Jari for most of the series, Jari said two games. Up to nothing, up to nothing, up three, two. They blew it. In the end, the pens blew it. And it wasn't because the helmet came off. It's because they handled the situation poorly. And then God love Candray Miller. He stripped, he stole, and he almost scored. The Penguins have to look in the mirror, Craig. They still shoulda, coulda, woulda, but didn't beat the Rangers in my mind.
1: I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, you know, Sidney Crosby, the captain, said the same thing. He go, He talked about a few moments where they weren't very good, but he said they were they weren't significant. And the opportunities that they had up in games, power play, certainly in game seven, you know, like where they could have expanded the lead to 4-2, which would have made it impossible, in my view, for New York to come back. You're up not only three games to one, you're up in every, in every one of the games where you could clinch. You're up. And so not only did you have up a 3-1 series lead, but you gave up a lead in all three of the games where you could clinch the series. You're right, Steve. You can only look in the mirror. And you know you, you you can talk about different reasons, and c- certainly Sidney Crosby out for a game and a half. Jari comes back for game seven. The first rule of winning: don't beat yourself. The Pittsburgh Penguins beat themselves.
0: Yeah, well said. You know we have the entanglement with left frontier and Marcus Pedersen. If if he just leans over, grabs his helmet, puts it on, it's over. He took longer and wasted more time arguing and skating by than by just picking up the helmet. He's closer to protecting the front of the net. Now, they still made the change, and Latane came on. What's John Marino doing with under six to go, putting the puck into danger? He could have aided, he could have went around. They, they just made bad decisions. They get a power play at 3-2 with 11 minutes to go. They could have ended the game there. In fact, it was who actually... Gave up what could have been a shorthanded breakaway. And at the the end of the day, I give the Rangers credit for taking advantage of Sid's missing, of the mental collapse the Penguins opened the door to, and Shusterkin then getting his game back. Like, it was thrilling. Overtime, game seven, Panarin threads the needle, woulda, shoulda, coulda, and now I don't know where we are with 71 and 58 for for the Penguins. But... I really do believe in the end of the day, the Penguins had it and let it slip away, and they opened the door the slightest for the Rangers. Kudos for the Rangers for, I don't know if they kicked the door down, but they slithered in and won it in overtime.
1: Well, let's just talk a little bit about you. You left the door open right there, and you said you don't know what was 71 and 58. Sidney Crosby is as brilliant right now, as he was the day he entered the league. The, I mean, he's, he's a top player in the league. Oh yeah. This is in. Thanks, Craig. Uh, Chris Letang is one of the NHL's best defensemen. He, he there's no question about it. Evgeny Malkin, after coming back from knee surgery, guess what? He he averaged more than a point a game again. Like, so, okay. Yeah. I know that they're unrestricted free agents or contracts are expiring. This is a good team with players. When you got Crosby and you got uh, Latang and Jari, who, who had a fantastic season. Malkin still play. they got a great supporting cast. I don't think it's the end of an era. In fact, I think they're still competitive. I think they need to learn about how to under, like like any other team, we talk about how they've won. No, no, Crosby's won and Latang's won and Gensel's won. A lot of other players haven't won and they haven't won together as a group. So like, you know, they're going to have to learn how to dial into the details and understand winning's hard. When it's hard, my great friend, Brian Scrutland said, if winning was easy, everybody would do it. They got to dial into some real details about saying winning hockey. The Pittsburgh Penguins did not exemplify winning hockey.
0: That's a perfect segue to the lightning in the modern era. were kind of playoff losers until they figured out intestinal fortitude and they figured out what it takes to win, the, the sandpaper, the grit, the killer instinct. Like you just don't go to the store, a oh, bag of chips, chocolate chip cookie, Oreos, and um, intestinal fortitude. They, they learned to get it, and it took maybe a five-overtime Braden Point moment. Since that moment, they've won nine straight series, And even though they were down 3-2 to the Leafs and were in game seven, without Braden Point for most of the game, one team finds a way. And a little bit the other team, a little bit, they come up with excuses. But a power play, Leafs, that let them down. A team that just doesn't know how to put – they had five chances in game six overtime to end it. Five chances. They had some early power plays at home in the series. They, They had moments where they could have dictated something. They don't know how to win yet, and Tampa moves on. It's as if, you could argue, Tampa looks at a younger version of themselves in the Leafs. Where are you on the Leafs blowing it and the Lightning still in their prime?
1: If you want to win in the playoffs, I'll, I'll try to distill it down to this term. Who can go the hardest, the longest? And that's, the, that's not just all the way through to a Stanley Cup. That's in a series. That's in a game. <laughs> Who can go the hardest, the longest? I don't think there's any question that Tampa Bay Lightning can do that. Now, back in 2019, they couldn't. They got dusted by the Columbus Blue. They, they, they didn't. Have, and remember, as I talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, They'd been in the Stanley Cup final in 2015. They'd had a lot of players that had been in that 2015 Stanley Cup final losing to the Chicago Blackhawks. And so when I talk about the Penguins winning in 16 and 17, yeah, I know they've been there. I know. Guess what? It's a new team, and you got to find different ways to be successful. Last year after Toronto lost to Montreal, like what was one of the big problems for, for Toronto? Big mistakes at the wrong time. Did the power play go AWOL again? Yes. The league's best power play this year when they needed a goal, when they AWOL. And you know what? I thought the Tampa Bay Lightning made a great adjustment. They said, Morgan Riley, you can have the puck all you want at the top. We're just going to make sure that if Austin Matthews is getting it, he's getting it on the outside the dots. And he, and we know Austin can score. He's great, right? But we're not letting him wheel off that thing, get the puck and pick a spot. I, I, I think the, the Toronto Maple Leafs power play, I again, wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough against a team where you had those opportunities. And you know, we talk about killer instinct and whatnot. Killer instinct manifests itself at different times. I, I, and it's not about trying, yeah, they try, yeah, they try. It's about saying, you know what, this is the moment. This is the moment that we need to take advantage of. You know, and that's what you gotta do. And quite frankly, The Toronto Maple Leafs, they didn't have it. Maybe will they have it? Perhaps. But they didn't have it when they needed it. And it's not about you showed signs. You didn't have it when you needed it.
0: Yeah. And you lose Tampa, your entire third line. You go make moves. And Nick Paul scores two goals in game seven. X of the Sens. Team Canada hero from the World Championship. (laughs) And sometimes winning follows franchises around sometimes special moments given an opportunity happen to special people. He's not the penthouse player. He's not the, you know, the corporate lawyer. He's got the lunch buckets and the work boots. And he was given an opportunity and he made things happen. And for Julian what I have to say, I have to go off this for cap reasons, what am I going to do to keep that sandwich layered and still delicious? We have the best corned beef sandwiches this side of the Mississippi. Yeah, but I heard that you lost your supplier. Doesn't matter. We're still going to have cheese. We're still going to have sauce. We're still going to make the sandwich deep and thick. And they did. Different layer, different ingredient, but the same result. And that, to me, is the wow factor. Wow. And I think that's from players, coaching, and management. That's why I'm wowed at the Tampa Bay nine straight playoff series and 13 straight for Patrick Maroon.
1: Well, uh, you know, Steve, when you when you talk about Julian Breezeball, I'm really happy that you said that. One of the things that really, really, you know, I, it, it's a pet peeve of mine. GMs, it's hard, you know, in the salary cap. You know, we're up against it you know we don't like, you know you know how hard it is we can't keep our players together yeah well listen julian Brisewell, He lets his actions speak you know what he he knew he wasn't keeping Gord goudreau or coleman he knew that but he didn't say hey oh boy we've had a run here john cooper before game seven are you kidding me we're coming into toronto we got something special that we could accomplish here you know what all the way through the organization, they got it. You know, Corey Perry, he's won a Stanley Cup. You know how badly he wants to win another one? Just watch him early in the game, blocking shots. You know what? You talk about all in. You talk about understanding this is what it takes to win. I hope that the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, through this series, take away that it's really about what price are you willing to pay to win? What? I'm not saying they didn't pay a price, but guess what? The price wasn't high enough. They didn't pay a high enough price. And so when I love what Julian Breeze said, I just want to say one thing about Nick Paul. I'm watching the game and as it ends, you know what I immediately thought of Steve? I thought about another game seven, a very different scenario because it was game seven of the 2009 Stanley cup final when the unlikely hero was Max Talbot. <laughs> and who would have said that Nick Paul was going to be the hero of game seven in, in, in the first round. Of the said, nobody, but that's what winning is about. It's about Somebody on the team is going to step up and deliver in many ways. And that's exactly what the Tampa Bay lightning have. They have a mindset and an attitude that says we don't care. I'm telling you what Julian Brisebois and the Tampa Bay lightning might be this right now in the NHL, because it's different version of the NFL's new England Patriots. Yeah. We're going to be here every year. Good luck. Try to beat us.
0: I love that. Great comparable. Um, and that nicely leads us to from the lunch bucket now to the penthouse. And there's a number of different players or player in a game that can say, not you guys, it will be us. You talk about Corey Perry blocking shots, goaltending, heaven, all that stuff. So we go to another game seven and clearly even a few games earlier in their series, Connor McDavid said, not on my watch, not this time, not this year. And from the moment uh, O Canada ended, it was an absolute spectacle. Yes, it's a team game, our sport. Yes, there's a lot of people that need to make it happen. Mike Smith, Cody Ceci. Oh, I'm not saying that stuff. But then there's a moment that you don't think one player can make a difference. I remember somebody saying, this Mario guy. Well, first of all, Kirk Muller's good. He might go second overall. This Mario guy, is gonna be that good? He's gonna make that much of a difference. Yep, even in a sport that you would at least need eleven players—six, four, one—at least. But we we need thirty, I know, and trainers and. But then we really cut it down. Connor McDavid, oh, the Oilers man. would be in the American League without him, in the American League without him. He, you know what he did? If in the moment another league in the universe needed a player <laughs> on Saturday. Connor would have said, "I'm. I've just got called up <laughs> to the league that Bobby Orr got called up to." Yeah. And Wayne, if you remember, Bobby Clark's line, unbelievable. <laughs> I love the assists. I love the intestinal fortitude, oh. and I love the stick-to-itiveness on the two nothing goal. Congrats, Kings gave it a great run. Seventy two points to ninety nine, and they played seven. But in the end, they got Connored. They got Connors.
1: You, you know, you think about it, you talk about another universe, right? Like, you know, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a level of play that was above everybody else. It was above everybody else in every single regard. Like, we know how spectacular he is with the skill and, and, and skating and everything the 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 physical play the attention to detail defensively you know uh, like it, I, I, th- there was no area of his game steve you're watching the game saturday night i'm watching the game and, I, and all i'm going is is 97 97 97 97 97 97 I'm like you're just going like it, it it it's one of those performances for the ages i, I you talk about mario and back in 91 when our team in minnesota went to the stanley cup final we were up two games to one we were up two games to one with game four at home, with game four at home, game four at home. <laughs> and Meryl didn't play game three because of a bad back. And, you know, things that get going. I'll never forget it. Mary Lemieux walked into the Minnesota at that time, the Met Center. And Bob Clark said, he goes, ooh, he's got a look in his eyes. <laughs> he's got a look in his eyes. And if anybody can speak to a look in the eyes, it's Bob Clark. <laughs> And for games four, five, and six, Merril Mew was unstoppable. That's how I felt about Connor McDavid in games five, six, and seven. as it, as it, as hard working as the LA Kings were, as great as Jonathan Quick was, he said, "Like you, not happening." And then, will. And how many times you've heard me say this? Will is a skill. Will is a skill. And Connor McDavid out of this universe, you know, everybody, you know, we call him like Jesus. He, he, I, I, I'm joking now. He might be McHawkey God. I mean, because he is a gift from the heavens. He's a gift from the heavens.
0: Yep. And for a forward to play that much ice time at this level in regulation, the way Woodcroft has added him later on the penalty kill to give him like the last 30 that, and that's already changed the series around. It had led to the Darnell nurse goal. All those types of things. You wonder if anyone else will copycat it. I remember the Gretzky stories of when he had his hand on the bench. Say there said, This meant hand over the bench. I'm tired. The second the hand was gone, so was Wayne back over the boards. Who's to say, like when it went, Connor, Brian Nugent Hopkins, Connor on another line, <laughs> next line, Connor again? How are you going to match that? How are you possibly going to match that? And at one point, I mean, shame on the Oilers that they didn't finish it out when the puck hit the post in the third. That was Connor in front, goal post, you thought, surely. And he said, nope. And then he put the dagger in and celebrated like a superstar. It was something. And now, because of that, and because of the will and perseverance of the Flames against one of the Best modern performances in that and Jake Ottinger finally, and a little bit of reminded me, Craig, in 89, when finally the puck went in off, was it Poplinski or Joel Otto skate in the
1: crease?
0: Joel Otto. And it finally went in. And the call was the Flames have finally done it. Like they finally beat a Pesky Vancouver team. It almost was an upset. And that eventually led to Calgary winning their first and only cup. Finally, after shot, like the shot attempts, at one point there was 141 shot attempts in the game. The flames 101 of them. <laughs> the chances, the height, eh, eh, finally, and Johnny Goodrow said, I got you, short side shelf. And he buried it. I'm sure the fans were excited, but the, and that's led to the battle of Alberta. The Flames should have done it. It just took longer and was way harder than we thought. Where are you on what you saw in the series in game seven? And Jake, will Jake be remembered as a special seven-game series goalie?
1: Oh, well, there's no question on the, on the, on the question about Jake. I mean, it's only like Daryl Sutter said at best, best he was the best player in the series. Steve, somewhere around game three, four, I started to have this uh, flashback. No nightmares. <laughs> I'm not with a team now, but I, but I had some flashbacks to 1997 when I was with the Dallas Stars. And a Mr. Curtis Joseph was playing for the Edmonton Oilers. Our friend Dave Reed, we lost that series. Todd Marchand, game seven overtime. Our friend Dave Reed, he had one of the best lines I've ever heard. He was on our team in Dallas. He said, I've never been in a seven game series where you win five games and you lose the series. That's how dominant we were against the Edmonton Oilers in 1997. And Curtis Joseph just kept stopping us and stopping us and stopping. Newendyke in overtime. When he stopped Noah Hannafin with no stick and just dove all the way, I said, that's a Joe Neuendike moment. This is like, like, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm going, it's going to take one shot. And I just, I could feel it in my bones, Steve. I could feel 1997 in my bones, like I'd gone back in time. And it, it, it was a brilliant, I mean, look at how many shots he faced in the series. I mean, I think he's moved to th- third all time for most shots facing the series. He, he was, he was beyond brilliant. And what I love about the Calgary Flames though, and this is Daryl Sutter. You talk about instilling stuff. We're just going to keep playing. We're going to keep playing. We're going to keep playing. We're going to keep playing and keep playing. They did. They didn't try to do more than they were capable of. They just kept doing what they're really good at. And outside of game six, where the Dallas Stars showed some real offensive abilities. The other six games, I mean, the Calgary Flames just took it to them at every turn. And if it wasn't for Jake Ottinger, this series would have been over early, and it would have even we wouldn't even be talking about anything other than, wow, this Calgary Flames team looks pretty good. I'll tell you what, the Edmonton Oilers better be ready because they can look at it as seven games, and we all know that it was a test, and sometimes that's what you need. This Calgary Flames team is really, really good. And they press you. And they beat you down. I can't wait. I can't wait for the Battle of Alberta because I was there at the last one. I was there in 1991. I was there for game seven in the Saddle Dome when the Flames went up and and scored from center ice to get the Oilers on the board and then won it in overtime. I was in the building for the last game of the Battle of Alberta in the playoffs.
0: We are now down to eight teams. For the quest for hockey's holy grail. Time now for KB on Ice. An inside look at the NHL. Brought to you by friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada Sportsbook. 19 plus play responsibly. Monday quiet. Two Tuesday. Two Wednesday. Who do you like, Craig?
1: Isn't it easy on Tuesday to pick Colorado? They've been sitting there. They've been practicing. And getting healthier you know this time of the year you know you're we talk about everybody being banged up they're healthy i got the abs at home now the real one how about the battle of fla tampa bay florida second year in a row i'm going with tampa bay on the game one win and then i'm going to jump right to wednesday flames take the first game of the battle of alberta and carolina i i, I declared it steve I, I can't bet against them i'm going carolina at home they don't lose at home <laughs>
0: I have one different. So instead of uh, Price is Right, go back. Three right, one wrong. Remember that, you know, with the hammers? uh, That was one of my favorite uh, games. I'm with you on everything except I think if the Oilers are going to win the series and I'm picking them to win the series, they got to win game one. So same on all our picks except Oilers in Calgary game one.
1: And just so our listening audience knows, Steve Koulias auditioned to host The Price is Right one time, and he was just not selected, but he was the first runner-up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're right. Remember Holly, the model? She said, what other game shows would you like to host here on our CBS family of networks? I said, is Price is Right or bust? You've had to live and uh, absorb Drew the rest of the way. Anyway, we are through on Sports Interaction. Let me tell you, folks, to head to sportsinteraction.com forward slash coolbuttonpod. We are the most competitive odds. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Once again, sportsinteraction.com forward slash pods. Play responsibly. 19 plus. Read this. I was on the show with Mike Rupp last week. And I asked him, knowing the answer like a good interviewer, Mr. Michael, (laughs) have you been involved in a Homer series? Well, Steve, 2003, Devils, Anaheim, yes, it went well for us. We won in seven games. I was a young buck inserted in the lineup. Ken Danico's last game. I had a good game, of course, with those three points and scored a very big goal. Homer series with everything you seem to do at home works and you can't find something special on the road. I think that's Boston, Carolina, Carolina at home goes five, 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 and three all over Boston Another ballroom blitz early on. Yeah. There was a late goal, but the canes were relentless, better, smarter, faster, special teams, all those types of things. And when you're chasing all the time, and then you need something. Well, we talked about Cody Cece, talked about Nick Paul. Max told I wondered what his role might be in the series and whether even Rod Brindamore wanted him in the lineup. Well, he took it to the max. It was fun to watch. I don't know where we are in the Bruins going forward now with Bergeron. It just felt the Canes were better enough to win the series. And Boston left their best hockey back, I thought, in Massachusetts.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I but, but you could also say that Carolina left their best hockey in Raleigh, right? Like, I mean, th- that's a homer series, right? And, you know, you look at it and and you're looking at a Carolina Hurricanes team that had 116 points. Well, the Bruins had over 100 points. I mean, just go look at the Eastern Conference, Steve. The four teams out all had 100 points or more. All had 100 points or more. Four teams in out of the first round of the playoffs, 100 points or more. Just start – I mean, the Minnesota Wild, 100 points. Out. Out. Like, it's when – you, when, when you start to look at it and you, you start to go, wow. It, it, it's not like these teams, like, stumbled into the playoffs. They're, they're good teams. So, what I would say is about the Boston Bruins, I, I, I think that when you look at their ability, you know, when they loaded up the big line, the perfection line and everything – you know, when, when you're up against a team like the Carolina Hurricanes and, and, and you knew going into game seven, this is how they're going to play. I like I, I didn't. I, I love Bruce Cassidy. I got to tell you, I really like him as a coach. I think he's a really sharp coach. I, I wanted to see a different. I didn't see anything to mitigate against what what Carolina was doing. You know, I, I would have even played the zero five. 5 I would have played the zero five. 5 Just give him a different look. Give him a different look. You know, I, I, I told you this story. Uh, years ago, uh, about Scotty Bowman in the nineteen seventy six Stanley Cup Final, Bobby Clark was a great player, and he was a difference maker. Scotty Bowman used four different centermen against him. He used Lemare, Mahovlich, Rise, Brown, and Jarvis against him because he knew I had to keep him off balance. Have we lost that part of our game? Have we lost that part of our strategy, Steve? Because I, I you know, what's going to happen in in Raleigh, and I didn't see a change. I didn't see a change, Steve. I was disappointed.
0: Be honest. Uh, and um, still fun, still exciting. Yes. anti Ranta, great. How many teams win a series without their number one goalie? I don't even know where we are on Freddie. And and it it was it was heart breaking moment when his kid at the podium, and you know. And I think sometimes there's another way of saying, well, the Canes won without their number one. They found a way. They found a way not yeah. to let 0-3 on the road hurt them. Um, whereas the Capitals just found ways oh. to lose because they're aging out or they're older or, you know, Wilson hurt. I get it. I'm not blaming Hathaway for shooting. That's how we play. But then you can't seal five on six. You can't seal a 3 nothing lead. You can't seal another lead in game six. And I think that having, and I use this as a boxing analogy. I think for Florida, having the Capitals as their sparring partner was really good and will be really good for the Panthers moving forward. That's not saying I'm, they're going to win the Stanley Cup. That's not saying they're going to beat Tampa. But they gave them enough. They Florida won a series with zero power play goals. You add up their power play and their PK, it's 70. The Oilers went into game seven at 136 power play and penalty kill. You know what I'm saying? Like the Panthers have not reached their A-level. They need some outstanding performances. Carter Verhage, uh, Barkov. They needed some big saves by Vibroski. They needed Ryan Lombard to come out. That's all good. That's all good. But Florida got an opponent, deservedly so, that they could spar with. If they got somebody else who had a good right hook, that had an uppercut, and a surprising combo, oh, I think Florida was fortunate that they earned the Caps, but some of those moments allowed the Caps moments of mistakes allowed the cats to come back. I think they've used two of their nine lives. <laughs> they've used two of their nine lives, which is good. I like them. This is good. Heck, played back played well, all that kind of stuff. But if they're going to play with fire around the fire pit like this against Tampa, the gasoline tank might get might get accidentally into the fire pit, which means that Florida won't be able to handle that. So I think what they hopefully have learned is intriguing for me. And then we talk about the Bruins age, the Penguins maybe aging, and what happens with the Capitals. These teams that are here, Craig, have earned and deserved it. Ah, Maybe the Rangers, you know, some things there along the way. But for me, now we've got the Sunshine State Showdown Part 2. I hope Florida's learned from last year, Bennett's suspension, and this year against the Capitals. We'll find out what Florida's learned, the way Tampa and the Islanders and Oilers and all those teams in the past learned along the way as well. I'm
1: going to ask you one question. What was different between the Capitals in games 4, 5, and 6 and the Penguins in 5, 6, and 7? And the last time either one of those teams won a playoff series was in 2018 what was the difference up in game up in game four with a chance to seize a three, one lead yep. up three, nothing in game five, up 2 one in game six. What was the difference? Tell me what was the difference? The the, the Stanley cup champions from 16 and 17 penguins, Stanley cup champion, 18 Capitals. What was the difference? You know what it is? They, they found a way to beat themselves. They found yep. a way to beat themselves. Simple as that. And I'll tell you what, you know, they the playoffs and we're going to start talking about the next series and i'm going to lead it off here and we're going to stay right in the sunshine state oh so the florida panthers you talk about winning right i talk about paying a price you better raise your level of play they didn't raise their level of play they got handed some games you think the temporary lightning are going to hand them games not a chance so you want to know something right now with the florida panthers oh yeah you know you don't play in missouri where, where it's the show me state You're playing in Florida against the two time Stanley cup champions who beat you last year. I haven't seen them elevate their game. I haven't seen them elevate their game, Steve. That's a real concern for me with the Florida Panthers. A real concern for me with the Florida Panthers. So you know what I'm doing right now? Florida Panthers. I'm going to use a Muhammad Ali line. He said, they want to go to heaven. So I'm taking them out in seven.
0: (laughs) I'm in the same category. I'm in the same category. It's, it's going to be a series that if certain people on mostly the Florida side have not learned, don't elevate. Remember we used the analogy before of a hundred point teams in the East and you, it's, you get invited to the party. I had hundred points. I got, look, I got in I got hundred points, right? That's great. Capitals got in Bruins got in. How do they do? They didn't have that je ne sais quoi. Now, the Capitals lose to Florida is one thing. Now, we'll see what the Panthers can do against this goaltending. They're not going to use two goalies against this defense, right? They're not going to have the Oshie giveaways, the Carlson giveaway. like the best players, Backstrom, the best players on the Capitals gift-wrapped moments. Now there's a Braden Point factor, okay? Let's see what happens there. Doesn't look good. However, we've seen the Lightning win without players before. So to me, yeah,
1: yeah, just let me say, yeah, yeah. without Steven Stamkos. So it's not like they won without players. They won without a star in Steven Stamkos. And yes, Braden Point. We know he's a star, right? And you know, you're you're right. We'll we'll see how it goes. But if any, like they have to play two periods of Game Seven in Toronto without Braden Point. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So to me, I got the lightning like you do. If Florida shows me some other things and elevates and does some things, blocking shots, intestinal fortitude, killer instinct, takes it to the uh, to the lightning, all those things, the loss of point hurts too much, all of that, and they win. I'll tip my hat to the Panthers. I'll join the handshake line and say, here you go. I'll need to see it before I believe it. Um, and I believe in the Canes. I still think without... Freddie, I still think with what they learned with Boston, I still think with what the Rangers showed me at times when the Penguins were going, that I still believe in the Canes a little bit more than I do the Rangers. And I think four-line relentless hockey where home ice might play a factor again, the Canes will not give the Rangers gifts that the Penguins did either. I, I don't believe that. I think the Rangers... They know what it's like to play Carolina, and they have not had success against Carolina for whatever reason. The Canes have had this group of Ranger players as proverbial numbers. It just seems to me the Canes are just this much better, and if they're relentless in the series, especially at home, then I like the Canes in six.
1: So well, so do I, and uh, I like. I think with the Canes too, they put you under duress. They put they put pressure on you. And, you know, like, I don't care who you are, you, when you're, when you're put under pressure, you got to show you can handle it. And, and, and they can, the Canes can apply it. The Penguins put pressure on the uh, Canes and took advantage. It's re- re- real significant point. It's hey, just, was great. Okay. And he's, I think he's going to have to be just as great against the uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, but the Carolina Hurricanes, to your point, you know what, relentless on you after you at every turn. And I think they'll, they'll be able to take advantage Uh, of of that style of play against New York Rangers. I want to ask you just a quick question back. You know, we talk about Tampa winning without Steven Stamkos, you know, Braden points out now, but does the best goalie in the NHL and the best defenseman in the NHL play on the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they're going to be there for a little while still at an elite level. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, you were at the game Saturday night uh, with uh, Leafs uh, lightning, right? You know, so point goes out of the game. Hedman didn't go out of the game. And Vasilevsky didn't go out of the game. <laughs> I mean, you watch Victor Hedman. Like, I know he's not going to win the Norris every year. He's the best defenseman in national hockey. He is unbelievable. And Vasilevsky, you can talk about everything and what he is. What? It, let me just see. Game seven, Eastern Conference final 2021. Shut out. Stanley Cup clinching game shout out (laughs) game seven in Toronto, you know, oh, one goal. (laughs) He's given up one goal in in the last three deciding games. And I'm not even going before that. Just think about that. The guy's brilliant. And like, you know what? I don't care what you've done before. You know what the opportunity presents itself. He's ready to take advantage onward. We march.
0: Colorado St. Louis, the realism of the blues beating this team, or does it feel like the avalanches time is
1: nigh? Oh yeah, I totally agree. I Colorado's too good. Uh, you know, and I think that, I think honestly that the Minnesota wild, the way they play might've might've been able to, you know, put the, put the uh, Colorado avalanche back on their heels a little bit more. I, I don't think that's the case with the St. Louis blues. I, I think that the, I mean, it, you know, you got to be careful about saying, oh, it could be over in five. You know, could I see it going six? Yes, but I could see this being over in five. I I, I just see I see Colorado winning the first two games at home. Maybe St. Louis wins a game at, at home while they win a game at home. and then they come back to the Mile High City. I really do see a, a Colorado Avalanche team that could be eight and one going into the Western Conference final.
0: I think uh, no shame in losing to the Avalanche in six would be you know, disappointing for the blues fans, but a very realistic finish. This series will be more about what Colorado can do, clicking on all cylinders and how the blues try to adjust with their 20 goal scores and offense. But if the blues think that they're going to get into a track meet with Colorado and the abs are going to say, okay, I think the abs would have been more worried of the 2019 blues and having them grind them with, Oh, bolmeister's not there. Petrangelo's not there. Oh, the physicality of the, the that, that group? I think the 2019 Blues would have a better chance beating the Avalanche team. Uh, hey, phobias. Colorado phobia, the second round. Let's see if they can get through the second round, but I'm with you on that. Which nicely brings us to Ultimate Hockey Fans. Not a person, not a group of people, but a product, a must for every hockey basement. Ceiling fans, puck light fixtures. Give Paul Cohen a shout. UltimateHockeyFans.com forward slash cool button pod for our discount you were at the last battle of alberta we've got a sunshine state showdown 2.0 patented i've got that patented the battle of alberta is the only one we should call the battle because that one makes sense from 1983 till 1990 the road to the stanley cup final went through alberta oilers Oilers, Flames, Oilers, Oilers, Flames, Oilers. You know what it was like when they met in 91, money became a factor. The teams aged out, and then they had to move their star players on. To the kids, and we've got them who were born in the 89, 90, 91 timeframe. You get the luxury of another Sunshine State Showdown, and seeing the Battle of Alberta, the province will close. This is it. When they show you a picture of the highway, it's not Christmas morning. It's 7.32 at night. And these two teams are playing. I think the Oilers can pull off an upset. The Flames are the favorite. I might just say Oilers because I love McDavid so much. But you better enjoy this four, five, six, or seven game series because it's back. It's great for Canadian hockey. It's great for oil country hockey and Flames hockey. I can't wait.
1: Hey, listen, I don't think anybody can wait. You know, we have four of the top eight point producers in the National Hockey League facing off in this series, McDavid and Dreisaitl, Goudreau, and and Kachuk, right? We just saw what Connor McDavid did in in, in the last round versus the LK. We saw how the Calgary Flames just were relentless and staying with it. And Daryl Sutter said it best, we deserve to win. We deserve to win. And there's no question about it, they deserve to win. I think that when you look at the series, and and obviously it's a great battle uh, because the two teams are good. Like, this isn't about, like, just Calgary and Edmonton. These are two good teams. I think Calgary's a better team. I think Calgary can wear them down. I think that the, the defense for the, uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, it's, it's not nearly as good as the Dallas Stars blue line. And, you know, Mike Smith, who's been very good in these playoffs, like, you know, just think what Dallas had to do to get past uh, Calgary Flames team. I don't think that if, if Calgary plays like that, as good as McDavid is, I don't see them being able to to be able to overcome what the what the Calgary Flames taught you. That being said, I think it's going to be a fantastic series. I can't wait. Here's what I would say, too. I, I talked about the New England Patriots earlier in the show. Remember those great games that the Patriots used to have with the Colts with Peyton Manning? Bill Belichick said, he goes, I know Peyton Manning is going to probably throw for three touchdowns, maybe four. <laughs> he goes, I know how we're going to have to win. Daryl, if you're going to go into a series and say we got to shut down Connor McDavid, you're already started with the wrong mindset. What you got to do is say we know what Connor McDavid's going to do, and we got to understand that, and then we got to play, and we got to make sure that people not named Connor or with the last name McDavid are the ones not beating us. You got to accept that greatness is going to show and, and, and appear. And I don't think there's any doubt about it. But I think in the other areas of the game, Calgary has a decided
0: advantage. And I agree with that. I agree with that. It's a, it's a fun gamble pick of upset pick. Uh The flames should win. The great news is the battle of Alberta is back. The great also news is there will be a Canadian team in the old school semifinals, no matter what. And the way things are, the first round was so good. And the way the second round is setting up we're set until the end of June from May 1st, Till the end of June, it'll go down as one of the greatest Stanley Cup playoffs ever because it's already been so good. We don't know if this will go down as the greatest Cool Button Hockey <laughs> podcast ever. Number 65. Maybe we'll save our best for swo <laughs> Since we talked about Muriel on the podcast earlier and him bringing his A-game, you know we'll bring that. Moving forward for Bruce Bolton. Craig Button. I'm Steve Cooleus. What a weekend. What a week ahead. a Labo We'll see you on Thursday.